get over it, right? Um, but I am weary. I'm tired. I'm not in a in, in the mood that I want to be in this morning. Um, and so, you know, in today's fast-paced world, where you know where we're often overloaded with work and obligations and personal strife, we may find ourselves like kind of like hamsters, right, running on an endless uh, hamster me- uh, wheel. Right. Where give me one second here where we just feel like we're just never it's just never going to end. It's just on and on and on. Um, and so let me see if I can get that slide here for you guys. If we can uh, give us some, some help in the back there, JJ, I'd appreciate it. But but we feel like we're in this never ending hamster wheel and, you know, it can feel as if. We're on an everlasting, never-ending treadmill, right? Where things are just going on and on and on and on, and they don't stop. Things in our lives that make us tired. Things in our lives that make us weary. Let's just go on and on and on, right? That's That says it all there, Pat, right? But in the midst of this hustle and bustle, there is a profound, heartfelt invitation from Jesus, a call to rest. And we find that call in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And so, you know, the reason I'm preaching this this morning is because I need it. Right. I looked at this passage uh, close to a week ago and I was like, Jesus, thank you for this, because I need this right now. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer. God, just so grateful for your word. God, you Put it in front of us when we need it. God, thank you so much, Father, for your love, your grace, your mercy. I pray that our hearts will be wide open this morning to your word, wide open to the Spirit, Father, wide open to you, God. I pray that we will leave here feeling comforted because of what we see in your scriptures. God, I pray that this message is not my own, but it's yours, God. And through your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so we have heavy loads to bear, don't we? We have a heavy load to bear. So let us let us listen to this promise. So in Matthew 11, starting in verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. So those of us who said, yes, I am weary this morning. Jesus is calling us. Jesus is saying, come to me if you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. You know, we all have a heavy load to bear. And these burdens come in all kinds of forms. They can come in financial burdens and health strife. You know, some of them come as undesired obligations, right? Obligations that we that were just kind of left to us and we don't really want, right? Emotional challenges that just wear us down. You know, each of us at some point feels the crushing weight of life's burdens. We we're all prone to exhaustion, to feeling overwhelmed. And we all need rest. And so what does Jesus say about that? He says, come to me. 
Jesus knows where we're at. And he says, come to me. You know, if we read before this, up until this point, the Pharisees tend to say, do. They don't say come. They say, do this or that. And they're, you know, they're, they're the wise and learned that Jesus is referring to in verse 25 because they are puffed up with knowledge. They have all this knowledge, but they're, they're not like the little children who he also talks about. They're not like the little children who are humble and more receptive to learning. And they tried to make the people follow Moses's, follow Moses' traditions. And so that's what they were concerned about. They were concerned about the traditions. They were concerned about knowledge and doing things. But they weren't concerned about going to Jesus. Matthew 23 and verse 4, it says they tied up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Acts 15, 10, it says, now then, why do you try to test God by putting putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor ancestors have been able to bear? Don't you sometimes see that happening in life? Where we're, where we're either putting it on somebody or we ourselves are putting it on ourselves, taking on these heavy loads that we know we can't bear. We know they're too heavy. We know that they're, that they're going to cause strife in our lives. But true salvation is found only in a person, Jesus Christ, who says, come. To come to him means to trust him. And if we trust in him, we will, he will give us rest. He's saying, come to me and I'm going to give you rest. All the strife that you yourself have created in your life. He says, come and I'll give you rest. But sometimes what do we do? We don't come to Jesus. We go to someone else. We rely on ourselves. And so this invitation is open to those who are exhausted, to those who are burdened and feeling like, man, I can't handle it anymore. Which is exactly how the people felt under the yoke of Pharisaical legalism. And Jesus gives a direct invitation to find the solution to life's problems by coming to him. You know, one of the reasons I think many people refuse to take a restful and flourishing Sabbath is that they don't trust Jesus. They don't trust Jesus that he that they can come to him and take that time with him. And through him, an everlasting. You know, outside of outside of that, outside of going to him, he's going to give us rest and he's going to take care of everything else. We don't trust that God has the capability to take care of the things that we may be missing when we have a Sabbath. That was one of the challenges for me. When, when, when I was discipled into taking a Sabbath on Mondays. 
I'm like, okay, well, what's going to happen to the church? Popped in my collar, right? Um, I'm like, what's going to happen? Is everything going to be okay? Can I really be missing for one day? And God is like, look, man, this is my church. This is not your church. You can take that day and everything's going to be all right. And I think that's the same for all of us. We are, we are burdened. We are tired. But some of us will not take that Sabbath. Because we feel like if we do that, everything else is going to fall apart. Everything in the house is going to fall apart. Everything with my finances is going to fall apart. Oh, those obligations I have, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause even more strife if I take one day to rest. You know, I, I know initially it was so hard for so many of us, even in ministry, not just this, not just Claudette and I, but other people I've talked to to take a Sabbath, to turn the phone off. <laughs> Whoa. To turn the phone off. That's like evil talk right there, right? And just trust God to lead his church. We're so accustomed to doing. We're so accustomed to the pharisaical legalism that says you must always be doing. And so imagine a city. Imagine a city street at rush hour, right? With cars jostling for space, horns blaring, right? Drivers stressed. I know this so well from New York, right? I grew up in that, right? And it's this hustle and bustle and people yelling out their cars. Ah! And you hear it and you just take it a walk, right? And this is all you hear and see. You may not even be driving. You're just taking a walk sometimes in New York City and you can hear it and be overwhelmed by the traffic next to you. And each car represents our lives. Each with its own destination, going somewhere. I got to get there. Right. And each bearing its load and the traffic, the noise, the chaos. It's all too much. For us to bear. And this is life. Burdened and overwhelming. It's like traffic. As you wake up, you feel like you're already in rush hour. And it's just so much for us. We have heavy loads to bear. And so I want us to identify the burdens that you're carrying today. Identify the burdens you're carrying today and write them down. It could be a challenging job. It could be family responsibilities. It could be personal struggles, health issues, or even spiritual battles. Write those down. Write them down and acknowledge that these are weights that are heavy and that you're carrying these weights. Write those things down. Jesus offers such a different kind of rest than we're accustomed to. In Matthew 11, 29 through 30, here's what he says. He says, take my yoke 
upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here Jesus doesn't only call, he doesn't only call us to him and says, come. He also invites us to take. To come and to take. When we come to Jesus by faith, he gives us rest. When we take his yoke and we learn, we find rest. That is deeper. It's a deeper rest of surrender and obedience. Because that it requires surrender. It requires going to God and getting rest requires us to surrender. To come to him and say, take all of me. I surrender. What does this rest look like? It looks like peace. Peace with God. In Romans 5 verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you you ever feel that peace? If not, it's because you're going too fast. It's because you have all this burden And once that traffic frees up a little bit, you're rolling too fast. And so we miss that peace. Second is the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will, that peace will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's a peace with God and there's a peace of God and both of them lead you where? To Jesus. Philippians 4, 8 it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. When we don't think about those things, what happens? We feel burdened. We feel tired, we feel exhausted, and we start to come up with all these imaginary things in our heads and in our hearts, and we start to think that the world is against us. And it's all because of our thinking. To take a yoke in that day meant to become a disciple. But within that, it meant submission, And it meant surrender. How are you at surrendering? How are you at saying, God, 
take me? How are you at sur surrendering the things in your life where you're saying, God, handle this for me? It is too big for me, but it's not too big for you. The things that shake us don't shake God. The things that cripple us don't cripple God. He stands firm. The things that stress us out, it doesn't stress him the least bit. The things that anger us, he looks at, he looks at as petty. When we submit to Christ, we are yoked to him. The word easy means well-fitting. He has just the yoke that is tailor-made for our lives and our needs. Tailor-made for you. Tailor-made for each one of us. And that's why he says, come. Take and I'll give you rest. Because each one of us has different things going on in his life, in our lives. So guess what? It's tailor-made for you as an individual. The burden of doing God's will is not a heavy one. Sometimes we make it that, though. Sometimes we make things like going to church, reading our Bible, praying. We make it into this heavy yoke. And we just drag ourselves along. Right? But it's not heavy, guys. I'm telling you, it's all in the way we think. It's light. Doing God's will is light. First John, 5, 1 John 5, verse 3, it says, In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome in the midst of our chaotic lives Jesus offers a rest that surpasses all understanding his rest isn't about an abundance of struggles his rest isn't about all the things that we have in our to-do list but peace within those struggles. You know, consider the eye of a hurricane. You know, it's a place of calm amidst a whirling, violent, destructive storm. And even though the storm rages, the eye is tranquil. In the eye, it's just, oh, <laughs> It's not entirely uncommon for people in the eye of a hurricane to assume that the storm has passed and think it's safe to go outside. Oh, we're good now. That was rough. But it's gone. So now I can go outside. I can go to the store. I can do different things. I can get on with going fast. And Jesus offers... A similar peace, a tranquility in the hearts of lives, of life's storms. Jesus offers this peace, this calm. You know, earlier I asked you to write down areas in your life where 
you feel burdened and in desperate need of Jesus' peace. Jesus is inviting you now to invite him into those areas. Praying for his rest and for him to invade the chaos in your life. Understand that his peace does not necessarily remove the storm, but provides calm within it. It doesn't take away the storm. We're going to have storms in our lives. Jesus said so. But he provides calm within that storm. Where you're in that eye all the time. So I want us to accept that invitation. In Matthew 11, starting in verse 29, we read it already, I believe. But we're going to read this twice. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. This is a promise. It says you're going to find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The first two commands represent a crisis as we come and yield to Christ. But this step is into a process as we learn. As we learn, guys, from Jesus. We learn more about him. We find a deeper peace because we trust in Jesus even more. We're not going to learn if we don't trust. Same thing with each other. We won't learn from each other if we don't trust each other. You know, we find this rest by taking up Jesus' yoke, letting go of our self-reliance. One of the things I've heard David say a couple times, and I totally agree, is that we think we are awesome. Not really. And one of the reasons we think that is because we, we're so reliant on us. And even when we rely on ourselves and things go bad, we still think, I'm so awesome. We still think we have a cat's pajamas. That's from my that's from my TCM classic watching those movies. I hear that phrase all the time in older movies. The cat's pajamas. I don't know what it means. But sometimes we think we're that. Life is simplified and it's unified around the person Jesus. And this invitation is for everyone. It's not just for Christians. It's for everybody. He says, come, take, learn from me. We find this rest by taking up Jesus' yoke, letting go of self-reliance and learning from him. It's not about carrying an additional weight, but about sharing our weight with the one who is, who is infinitely strong. Share your weight with Jesus. Has anyone ever uh, purchased furniture from Ikea? Yeah. <laughs> 
So he said, unfortunately. So, because it's work, right? It's a lot of work. That in itself is a burden. But consider a scenario where you've been, you've been asked to assemble a complex piece of Ikea furniture, right? Because they all ship the furniture, or when you go there, you buy the furniture in a box, yeah. right? So consider that. But, in the, but the instructions are vague, and it's confusing, right? It comes with all these tools and, and screws and, uh, and nuts and bolts and all these things, and you lay it all out. And you're trying your best, but the pieces just don't seem to fit together. And you're getting frustrated and tired, and you feel like, oh, this is such a burden just to make the house look good. <laughs> right? Such a problem. And it's chaos. It's a chaotic mess with everything spread all over the place. And more of what you're doing is making a mess rather than building furniture. And suddenly there's a knock at your door. And the designer of that piece of furniture stands there. And he has all the knowledge. He has all the understanding and the experience. And he knows how every piece fits together. Because he designed it. He's offering you, he's offering to guide you through the assembly process. Wouldn't, it be, wouldn't that be a relief? He's not going to do it for you. He's going to guide you. And instead of wrestling with the chaos on your own, you have the chance to learn from the one who knows it best. This is similar to coming to Jesus and learning from him. You know, life can sometimes feel like a complex puzzle with missing instructions. And we often struggle trying our hardest to assemble our lives in the best way we know how. But Jesus, the architect of our life, the designer, he invites us to learn from him. He knows how the pieces of our lives fit together because he designed us. He knows our past. He knows our present. He knows our future. And when we come to him ready to learn, he guides us, teaching us how to live life as it was designed to be lived, leading us towards peace, rest, and fulfillment. It's about surrendering our lives, surrendering our ways, and embracing his wisdom and learning from the master of life. Chuck Swindle says, the Lord doesn't promise to give us something to take so we can handle our weary moments. He promises us himself. That's all, and that's enough. You know, the last practical I would suggest is that you consider ways in which you've been relying on your own strength. It could be trying to control a situation, refusing help, or resisting change. Surrender these areas to Jesus, understanding that his yoke is light. 
and he's more than capable of carrying your burdens. And so in conclusion, you know, there's there's a, a standing invitation to each of us, an invitation to rest, to learn from Jesus and to share our burdens with him. And it's not about escaping life's problems, but facing them with Jesus, lightening your load and finding peace amidst life's chaos. A New York Times article detailed the the current uh, public health crisis of chronic lack of adequate sleep. And we know that a booming sleep industry has popped up, right? In response, companies are selling mattresses that, that do all sorts of things, right? Who would have thought like a mattress would do all of that, right? They're selling pills, pills that maybe knock you out like that, right? Teas, right? They have teas that's supposed to knock you out like that. And they're tracking apps to track your sleep where you can wake up and see, oh, I only slept for three hours. Forget everything else. Let me go back to bed. Right? All these tracking apps about sleep now. It's on some of our watches. It's on our phone. I don't know how they figure out when I get up to go to the bathroom. Whatever. But they track all of these things in, the, in these apps. And if they have become enormously, it's become a, a profitable industry. And the most interesting part of the, this New York Times article concerns the marketing that the sleep industry most relies on. And it reports on studies that measured the performance of baseball players with longer sleep schedules and the productivity of daytime nap tables. If you take a nap, you're going to do more. Okay? <laughs> Doesn't happen for me, but all right. Rest is not seen as this inherent good, but as, as a means of a greater end, doing more. You know, we sometimes respond, respond to God's good gifts in, in much the same way as the Pharisees, using them as tools for our own purposes instead of seeking the kind of flourishing they're intended to encourage. And so I alluded to this earlier, but I sometimes hear of people coming back from a sabbatical or they come back from a Sabbath and they will say about maybe a month later, but or, or a few days as it will relate to Sabbath, how exhausted they are. Right. It took three months for a sabbatical and a month later. Oh, bro, I'm so tired. Oh, and I'm like, hold on. You just took three months for a sabbatical. It is because they looked at these times as a mean a means to do more rather than as a kind of spiritual flourishing. When you take a Sabbath, you're supposed to be flourished, you're supposed to be rejuvenated, 
by the word of God, by prayer, by enjoying all that he's provided for you already and given you already. So that when you start working again, you're not so quickly exhausted. It's supposed to be a time of rejuvenation rather than a preparation to do more. It blows my mind. It's like sometimes they go on Sabbath and they're they're so exhausted because they're, they come off of the Sabbath feeling like, I'm going to do more than last week because now I got some rest. Really, that's not the idea. It's supposed to rejuvenate you in God where you bring everything to Jesus. So if you feel like you're just running on and, and uh, on this non-ending treadmill or in a chaotic traffic-filled city or trapped in a whirlwind of a storm, remember that rest is available. Amen. Will you accept his invitation and embark in this remarkable journey with Jesus? You know, if you have any questions about what I just said or what you heard today, please take, please go to the person who invited you and perhaps they can do a better job than me in explaining. But until next time, thank you for coming and to God be the glory. Amen. Amen, amen. Can we give that another hand, please?